This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a looper in the left center field. This is going to get down for a base hit. Here comes Phillips, he will score the tying run. In the third goes Rosa Arena. It's an 8-8 eight eight game, and the Rays have the winning run 90 feet away. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. First pitch to him. Line back up the middle, but there is Franco. To the left of the bag, he turns and throws him out, and the Rays have won it in Atlanta. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest show. Today, we sit down with starting pitcher Drew Rasmussen and talk about Mother's Day and going back to his home area in Seattle this weekend. Xavier Scruggs of MLB Network and Valley Sports Sun will stop by. We'll chat with minor league outfielder Ryan Bolt, who had a three-homer game last week. We'll continue to discuss Gene Ramirez and Mental Health Awareness Month with Tyler Wall of the Race Clubhouse, plus chat with Alyssa Zanino about Mother's Day. We continue on this week in race baseball. Our feature guest on this Mother's Day is Drew Rasmussen. And Drew, I guess first, do you get a chance to shout out your mom on on Mother's Day and tell her uh, what she's meant in your journey? Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you, and uh, I appreciate everything you've done and, and everything you've sacrificed to help me get here in life. And you know, I wouldn't be here without you. And so, to get to take the field on such a special occasion is um, it's really cool. And this this marks two years in a row. Last year, I got to be in Seattle for Father's Day. And now get to be back in Seattle for Mother's Day. It's a really cool experience to get to be home and see family. Indeed. Do you have any good Mother's Day stories about places, either tournaments she took you to or whether she played catch in the backyard or any of that yeah, stuff? I mean, all of the above. And, um, there probably wasn't a Mother's Day that we actually spent at home from about the time I was 10 or 12 years old to through the end of high school. So, uh, you know, the, the, the sacrifices she made and then. Uh, last year, I actually got my first career save on Mother's Day, which was really cool. That's just an interesting little experience. Unfortunately, it was in Miami, which is a very long way away from the Northwest. So she didn't happen to be there, but she did get to watch it live. But no, nothing. I mean, there's so many different things that she did on Mother's Day for me growing up that to just point out one thing right off the top of my head, I don't have anything. Did you at least get the ball from that first save? Oh, I got the ball, the pink belt we get to rock, uh, anything and everything you could possibly imagine. Hopefully on this Mother's Day, there's a a cool memory as well. You mentioned going back to Seattle, and obviously you are from the state of Washington. Do you remember your first Mariners game, or what memories do you have going to Mariners games? Do you remember a Mariners game with mom in particular? I mean, shoot, I remember going to Mariners games. Every time we'd play like a tournament, a weekend tournament, my my, my parents would take me over a night early because my dad's side of the family and a part of my mom's side of the family all live in the Seattle area. And so uh, anytime we were playing a tournament there growing up, we would uh, head over a day early. They'd take us to a Mariners game in the night before and then, you know, get into your Friday, Saturday, Sunday tournament. And so, I mean, there were so many moments that that, that we got to spend in Safeco. And and I guess not Safeco, now it's T-Mobile. But, you know, so many times we got to go to the park and, and just spend quality time together there. And so hopefully, you know, everyone is getting to do that on this Mother's Day. Who was your guy in Seattle growing up? Were you a big 
you know, a junior fan, what were your, who were your players that you grew up wanting to be like? I mean, Felix, uh, first and foremost. He was, I mean, he was one of the best to do it, especially in his prime. And then, yeah, you had, uh, you had Griffey and you had, uh, especially when I was younger, you know, they had Buner, Griffey, they had all these names. Edgar Martinez was one of my favorites. Ichiro, he was a great one. You know, they had all these big-name guys that got to come through there, and I got to experience and see play a little bit, and then... Uh, as I kind of got older, I got to play against Jay Buner's son, Gunner. Uh, he, he was a year ahead of me in high school, I think. So we spent, you know, a ton of time in, in, in summer ball and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, just really cool experiences getting to be in Seattle uh, in, in the past. And, and now, you know, always fortunate to get to go back now. Indeed. Did you always want to be a pitcher? You mentioned Felix first. You know, I think uh, <laughs> when you look at my inability to run, uh, it, it quickly became evident that pitching was going to be my route if I was going to make it in this game. But uh, as I got older, the arm strength started to got uh, start to get there, and and next thing you know, you know, the writing was on the wall that I had an opportunity to to advance in this game on the mound. And so, uh, thanks to the help of my mom and my dad, you know, I kind of took that opportunity and did my best and tried to run with it. And uh, it's it's hard to complain now, uh, looking back at the journey and the path it took to get here. Certainly. You've got a lot to be proud of to this point. Uh, and you're basically in your first month, you got to go with the Rays. You got to go back to Seattle, as you mentioned. What did that mean? And what does it mean to play there? Is it extra motivation? And how many ticket requests do you get per game for those? Oh, God, the ticket requests. Uh, thank God I'm married because my wife, she has been working her butt off for weeks now to get everyone a ticket to the, to the four games we got there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really cool. You grow up rooting for a team in a certain city and in, in you you know, you're a part of a fan base and so now, you know, to to get the honor to take the field in the place you grew up wanting and dreaming to play in and, and just having the opportunity to keep the uniform on and, and, and play on that field and, and at the highest level is, you know, it's everything I ever dreamed of and more. And um, you know, I didn't understand all the little off the field moments that get to come with it you know the the blessings that come with it you don't get to see the the relationships you build in the clubhouse when you're you know an eight nine ten year old kid dreaming of playing on that field but you know to get to take the field with this group of guys and and, and the team we have and get to go home and do it where I always dreamt of playing is uh it's quite an honor and you mentioned Stevie and the work Mm -hmm. that she's putting in She's pregnant with your first, yep. so congratulations on that. This will be her last Mother's Day where she's not a mom. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. You know, timing-wise, uh, you know, I, I guess it's it's hard to plan these things perfectly. Timing-wise, we are expecting in the middle of September, which, as you know, is a little bit hectic that time of year when it comes to the baseball season. But, uh, you know, I'm really I'm really excited. She's really excited, and uh, you, you know, we're just we're just hoping for healthy, and you know that, that that's about all we're wishing for right now. That's all you can ask for, yeah. right? We are now also, I think, two weeks shy of the time that you were traded to the Rays last year. What do you remember as we approach a year since you've been here? Thank God I got traded with JP first off because uh, he's been traded a couple times, but he I really leaned on him big time. You know, he was a friend of mine already with Milwaukee, and, and it was one of those things his first spring there, him and I were able to develop a pretty quick bond because, you know, he's got... He, he, I mean, he's just got such a big personality, and he's an easy guy to like. And so, uh, you know, just the ability to have that relationship, I leaned on him real hard asking him, hey, what should I expect? What's going to happen next? What do I need to do? How do I prepare for, you, you know, all the moving pieces? And uh, also in that locker room, I had Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez, Daniel Robertson, and, uh, you know, all those guys, they, they just talked about how lucky and fortunate I was to be coming to this organization and having the opportunity to play here. And, uh 
you know, in the moment. I love Milwaukee and I love that organization and all the people there. In the moment, you kind of, you know, let it go in one year and out, uh, out the other. But, you know, looking at it, you know, on this side of things, you know, they, they were all right. You know, this organization does everything they can to take care of their players, take care of the players' families, and, and they want to help in every way possible to keep you on the field, keep you happy. And, you know, you know it's been it's been a true blessing. And, and you know, the, it's just one of those things that was in disguise at the time, and, and I didn't know it, and now I'm fortunate to be here. You had a glimpse of that, though. You were drafted by this group. Uh, in 2017, I got a week, and, you know, it was one of those things where it was one of the most frustrating weeks in my life. But at the same time, the only thing I, I couldn't speak higher of the people. Eric at the time, I was, you know, just getting to meet him and, and he understood it was one of the hardest moments in my life that I was going through and, and you know, he, he treated me with the utmost respect and kindness and, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, that I'll never forget how a guy was so understanding of my situation and always was checking in to see how I was doing and, and you know, it, it's one of those things that that will be, you know, an everlasting memory. And obviously that was having to go through your second Tommy John and not signing with the race, but obviously it came full circle. You came out of it and ended up back here. You know, in, in researching your background, I didn't realize that you are now going into your high school's Hall of Fame and you were a linebacker as well as a, as a pitcher in high school? Yeah, I played a little bit of football in the fall. I'd fill in on the offensive line if needed, played some linebacker. Uh you know, thank God baseball worked out because I don't think it was ever going to work out on the football field. But uh, that's all right. You know, I had a good time, and it's one of those things that you know I, I hope everyone gets the opportunity to to strap up the pads or or play basketball or whatever you know other passions of theirs are because you know being a one sport athlete is really cool. And if it's your only if if it's your only you know interest, I get it. But you know if you have multiple, I do I do urge everyone to play every sport they can because. I mean, you build relationships on a football different than you do on a, on a baseball field. And so, you know, the ability to meet and, and just grow with friends and, and build relationships in a different way is always a good thing. I always think of pitchers, though, really good ones and talented ones like yourself as having a bulldog mentality. And I wonder if the football mentality helps at all in baseball in that regard for a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, you know, it teaches you how to attack, that's for sure. Um, but it's also, you know, it's funny. Everyone assumes, you know, a pitcher, you had to have been the quarterback. And, man, if they ever saw me throw a football, that would be very, very quickly. It'd be, it'd be evident I wasn't because I can't throw one of those things to save my life. Well, it's a good thing you can throw a baseball. <laughs> and you've, you're developing and evolving, too. I would have thought that if there weren't a lockout, that Kyle Snyder probably would have spent a bunch of time with you at your home in Spokane because he does that with so many of the pitchers. But he and others have helped you grow new pitches in such a short period of time what's allowed for that well patience on their end for one because i get frustrated because you know it's one of those things in this industry you want to see it's although we've gone through challenges and we have been challenged we are very accustomed to having success and so uh i was frustrated my first couple outings not seeing the exact results i was hoping for or wanting and you know snides did a really good job of saying hey man stay patient trust the process things are Things are coming, and, you know, I think in doing so, we've seen, you know, we've started to see me to turn the corner, and I'm creating more swing and misses. And so now, to build off that, it's how do we create swing and misses at the right time? How do we continue to work ahead of hitters? And, and how do we combine both of those two things to get outs faster and more efficiently? So, um, 
everything they do here is is top notch, especially on the development side. And and the lockout hindered our, our ability to get to work a little bit earlier. And, and and so we have we're we're still learning on the fly a little bit in the regular season. You know, I think we're in a really good spot right now, and I'm really happy with how everything's progressing. You should be. And back in the day, they didn't have labs. How much does the lab, so to speak, help you grow? faster and and learn things quicker what's well, bizarre about this the, you know the trop it's just that this place the entire thing is a lab and you know, although you might not see it when we're actually on the field we've got you know biometrics on our actual game mount we've got everything down in our bullpen and so everything you know anytime you're trying to teach yes you can be in the lab specifically but you can be learning in game just as much as you can off you know you know between outings and so uh it's crazy the technology that they have installed in this place and, and how it helps us develop quicker. You can make minor tweaks, you know, between outings really quickly and, and just try and learn and, and repeat whatever the feeling you're looking for is. And, and you can do that on a consistent basis just with all they've invested in the development side of things of the game. I'm kind of curious from your standpoint, you now throw, I guess you could call it three breaking balls, yeah. a cutter, a slider, and a curveball. Yeah. What do you want each of those to do, and how are they making you better? You know, I, I want them all to come out looking relatively similar, in fact, uh, you, you know, out of hand. And so, you know, there can be a little a blend to the hitter's eye. And then, of course, by, by the time they reach home plate, I want all three of them to have different actions, and I want them to be at different velocities. Um, and so the fastball velocity is, is good, and so that, that already gives me kind of a leg up on, on some guys. And then, you know, I think the cutter's going to help me create some, some weak contact and create early swing and miss and counts. And then the slider and the breaking ball are uh, ways to get hitters out in front and, and once again create weak contact, create more swing and miss. I think the slider that we've developed is uh, it's shown me more swing and miss than I've seen you, you know at any time in, in professional baseball. And so um, now it comes down it just comes down to execution. And so that's that's what we're going to try and fine tune is is how do I execute throwing my pitches better? Because yeah, there is you, you know there's such minute differences between how you throw all three. And so walking that fine line of, you know, intentionally throwing the cutter, intentionally throwing the slider and intentionally throwing the curveball um, is the next goal. And I think we are getting very close to where we have that down. Well, you've gotten so many things down with this organization so far. I'm expecting that's not too far away. We hope your mom has a wonderful Mother's Day. And to all the moms out there, thanks for joining us as well on this week in Rays Baseball. Yeah, thank you very much, Neil. Happy Mother's Day. That's Drew Rasmussen, and we'll continue in just a moment. This is the Rays Baseball Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball and joining us now, a guy you'll see on Bally Sports Sun, but probably also MLB Network. You can hear him on MLB Network Radio and also on ESPN too. He's uh, he's definitely the true utility guy in a, in a good way. And that's Xavier Scruggs. X, thanks very much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Neil. Happy to do it. Hey, tell me, uh, obviously with this Mother's Day too, I'm sure you want to say a thank you or to your mom and your wife, who I know is doing all the, the, the with all the traveling you're doing, a lot of heavy lifting, right? 
Yes, definitely. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, Jessica. It's definitely been a been a rock, especially as baseball season kicks off. You know all about that. And, and my mother and, and mother-in-law as well. So uh, all of them play a great part in my life, and I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff I can do without them. Are you enjoying all this? Because as a former player, you've now got your hands in, as I mentioned, almost everything. I really am, Neil. I love just the, the idea of being able to cover as much baseball as possible. Anytime you get an opportunity to just be able to talk to the players, be around the game, continue to learn more about the game, that it doesn't get any better than that for me. So I'm, I'm blessed to be in this in this uh, the opportunities that I do have now. So let's look at this kind of big picture, American League East at this point in time. What has surprised you about, let's say, the first month of action now as we get to one month this weekend? Yeah, I would honestly have to start with, you know, the Yankees and what they've done as far as putting that that streak together. And then also just as consistent as they've been with all, all around baseball for them. This is one of the teams that I feel like can be streaky at times, but also just as streaky on the bad side of things. So to see them get off to such a great start is is kind of mind-blowing to me. And on the Tampa Bay side, it's not as surprising to me where they are as far as what they've done. But I still feel like the surprising part is they're still feel, feeling for their identity. I think this team is still feel, trying to figure out who they are this year as opposed to who they've been in the past. So um, I think maybe that surprised me. But at the same time, it looks like a team that's reared and ready to go um, make a postseason run. The way I look at it, I would say encouraged from a race perspective because they're basically they went through the first month where Yarborough, Patino, and Boz pitched to combine what three innings. They're without Fairbanks or without Shagwa. They've had Choi on the injured list. They've had COVID issues, and yet they have and still really haven't played their top level game, but still have found themselves right in the thick of the top of the division. I think that's encouraging when you're not at your best to do well. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, anytime you have those issues going on as early as it is in the season, it really tests your team. And, and to still be where they are right now, um, to have so many positives going on, uh, I think that that's big. And I think it also gives you an idea as to what your team will do in the midst of summer, right? And when it comes down to the wire, if this team's right there in that postseason race, um, it gives you a good idea of what your team looks like. So, as long as this team continues to stay healthy, me and you both know that health is a big factor. You mentioned even some some of the slower starts from guys from the, on the offensive side. I think that can be encouraging as well because you know some of those guys, uh, speaking of Rosarena, like Brandon Lau, those guys will eventually get back to the numbers that we've seen them have in the past. So, like you said, it can be encouraging just as much. And on the flip side of that, look, the Yankees really have not had adversity to this point. They haven't had to put any of their big guys on the injured list. Their starting pitchers have been healthy. Their bullpen has been pretty healthy to this point. All those teams are going to have to sustain some sort of injuries in a marathon of a year. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, it, it's early, right? It, it, and we keep saying it, and obviously these games matter in the beginning of the season, but uh, until your team is really tested, and, and especially within its own division, I think that's when you really get an idea as to how your team will respond to adversity and how your team looks. Because, I mean, this is AL East is probably the toughest division that we're going to see in baseball until you start playing those teams multiple times over and over again, especially on the road. I think that everybody can say their team is good until that point. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I even think of teams like Boston, who's kind of maybe started off slower on the slower side. 
But this is a team that still has a good roster. This is a team that has had their own adversity in the beginning. This is a team that we can't count out as well. What do they have to worry about most, X, in your mind? The Red Sox. Obviously, they're off to the slowest start of the group. They haven't had the injuries the Rays have had. Chris Sale is the injury they've really had to deal with to this point. Yeah, I think, um, you know, losing a Chris Sale early in in spring training, that's got to be a big blow to them. For me, I just I'm surprised as to how the offense really hasn't started going and clicking the same that way that we might have expected it to. I look at specifically guys like Trevor Story, who have had really slow starts to the year. Somebody that they gave a lot of money to this past year, and even Raphael Devers, who's not up to his OPS driving the, the ball the same way he normally does. Bogarts and JD are doing their thing, but even Verdugo off to a slow start. And guys that you just expect to play a little bit better, for me, the offense has to get going because I believe the pitching will come around to, to what it's been in the past because they have a lot of guys that are versatile in, in many roles, something similar to the to the Rays. But I think this is a team that offensively, if they don't go and score runs, if they're not productive on that side, they're going to be. It's going to be tough for them to compete in the AL East. The Rays are going to take on the Angels next. They just did a pretty good number on the Red Sox. What's your take? Are they for real, or is Houston still the team to beat in this division? Man, this is one I've been battling with for a, for a while now. I think the Angels can be for real, and the reason being, I think they've churned up some of their weaknesses. When I specifically talk about weaknesses, I think that you know the bullpen looks a lot better than it's been in the past. You you see a little bit more depth in the starting rotation. I don't know how consistent guys like Cindergard will be for the long run. Same thing with Lorenzen, who's who's gone from a reliever to a starter and done a pretty nice job of that. I think that's going to be a question. But I think anytime you have MVP candidates on your team, like a Mike Trout and a Shohei Otani and even a Anthony Rendon, I think you always have an opportunity to be in the mix. And I can't wait. I think this is going to be a great all-around matchup between the Angels and the Rays because I think these are two of the better teams, at least, that have started off well. And I'm interested to see how this firepower plays against one another because both teams are very star-studded. Yes, they are. Um, and you look forward. The Rays are going to take on the Angels and the Blue Jays this week. Rays have still not met the Yankees. It'll be the first matchup with the Blue Jays. They've actually seen more teams, I think, in the Central. They've seen the White Sox now. They've struggled, and they've seen the Twins. Do the Twins have a chance to win the Central this year? What's your feel there? I do. I, I like the Twins, and I think one of the biggest reasons being the, the starting pitching seems to be pretty consistent. That's one of the biggest things when you talk about a foundation of a team that's looking to play well in the long run, That that's the beginning of it. And I think as long as they continue to get some good starting pitching, I think they have the offense that's going to take care of business. Buxton at the top of that lineup with Correa. Jorge Polanco, Kepler's doing a nice job there. Uh, I think I want to say OPS over 8, 850 at this point. So just thinking of the offense is getting going a little bit. And I, the starting pitching, I, I even think of guys like Joe Ryan who have taken a step forward, who obviously was a part of that Rays organization and, and really a, a bright star in that rotation now. I, I think that they they might be okay for a while, especially with the weaker Central Division. I don't think that division is as tough as some of the other ones that that we'll see. So I think that with the Twins and how and how they underplayed last year, I think now you get them back to what they can do. This team definitely has that opportunity. And with the White Sox injuries and some of the issues that they've had, I don't think they're a sure get. At the, at the top of that division, as, as everybody else does. X, good stuff. We appreciate some time. 
we'll be catching you soon, I'm sure, and we appreciate uh, your look at the first month of the year. Hey, thanks for having me, Neil. Keep it up. That's Xavier Scruggs of MLB Network and Bally Sports Sun. Let's pause for station identification on the Race Baseball Network. WTAE St. Petersburg, W237CW Pinellas Park, WBTP HD3 Clearwater, W224BE Brandon, and iHeart Radio Station. Well, we continue on this weekend race baseball, and let's take a look at things on the minor league side. And Ryan Bolt had uh, an historic day for him last week with the AAA Durham Bulls having a three-homer game. Is off to a solid start. Ryan, we certainly appreciate a few minutes. Thanks, Neil. Great to be here. First of all, uh, it is Mother's Day, so tell me uh, a little bit about your mom and what she's meant to your journey to, to this point in your in your baseball career. Yeah, she's uh, always been, if not the biggest supporter, one of my biggest supporters throughout my entire life and uh, baseball life as well. She's sacrificed a lot to help me get to where I am today and uh, is one of my biggest fans and uh, follows all the games and tries to get out watch me play as much as possible. So uh, it's uh, great to have her as a, a support system. And uh, it's awesome uh, that she's was able to raise me the way she did. Do you have any good stories about travel ball or anything like that where uh, she might have, you know, whether you were riding in a minivan or wherever it was to here, there and everywhere or throwing you batting practice even? Yeah, I mean, she uh, she's always uh, she's she's working a lot, too. So it's always kind of taking me to my travel ball games she's she's always on a conference call or something like that but she'd always find time to 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 watch me play and and do whatever she can to help me um so that's kind of that's kind of how I remember growing up I was kind of on a conference call or something like that bringing me my games and um finding time to get away from work and and watch me play and support me so yeah it's 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 awesome to have her well I'm sure she's paying attention on this Sunday as she probably was when you had a three homer game for the Durham Bulls against Memphis. Was that the first three-homer game you've had at any level, high school, college, uh, travel ball, anywhere? Yes. Yes, I believe so. Um, I can't quite remember Little League, but, yeah, it was uh, it was the first time I, I can remember. Just kind of unbelievable. I've, I've hit two maybe once in my pro career, but three is is something I kind of didn't, didn't envision, um, and I was just kind of smiling around the around the entire bases that third time around. So uh, it was super special and uh, never forget that one for sure. So let's go through the at-bats that you had. Walk us through each of them and what you remember about each of the three homers you hit. Yeah, so uh, the first one, it was it was just the first pitch. It was my second at-bat off from that game. Um, and I think he threw me a couple heaters in my first at-bat and I, I caught a change up in the, in the middle of the plate first pitch and and uh just try to be more aggressive i think that's that's kind of what had helped me through the start of this year was trying to be more aggressive prior to two strikes and got a change up first pitch um, hit that's right field and then my second one uh, kind of worked along at bat uh i was off a different pitcher and he he threw a slider that was kind of off the plate actually tried to backdoor it and i i just kind of kept my my bat path was uh perfect for for that particular pitch and got that one over the left field wall which kind of surprised me off the bat I was like I, I didn't didn't know I could hit it that well um off the plate but um and then my third third at bat was off a lefty and I was kind of struggling off of lefties up to that point uh threw me threw me a first pitch slider and then started attacking me with attacking me with heaters and uh had one inner third and put that one out to center um I think it was the fourth or fifth pitch so it was just 
hit a changeup slider and a, and a fastball out from three different pitchers. So that was that was pretty cool as well. And like I said before, I was just kind of smiling around the bases that third time around. So the third at bat or the third home run, are you even thinking about it since you've only had one multi-homer game as a pro? No, not at all, actually. Um, I was just trying to get a good pitch to hit. Like I said before, I was kind of struggling off the of lefties at, uh, up to that point in the season. So just trying to get a good pitch to hit. And it's just kind of a, a reaction at that point to a, to a heater middle in. And um, that's kind of it's kind of always how, it, how it's been for me with pitches kind of on the inner half of the play. It's just kind of a reaction at that point. And I reacted well to that one and got it out. Indeed, you did. And you also did it at a time where there were a lot of raised people in town. President of Baseball Operations, Eric Neander was there. Uh, VP Carlos Rodriguez, I know several others. Does that enter your mind when you have a, a game or or a week like that? Uh, no, not really. Obviously knew they, they were all there and um, it could happen at any point. And uh, they kind of all know what's going on, whether they're there or not anyway. So it's it's pretty cool. Obviously, they, they congratulated me after the game and stuff like that. And it was pretty awesome. But yeah, it doesn't really enter my mind. And obviously, you play well, whether try to play well if they're if whether they're there or not so um ryan i know it's been a a challenging period as you've gone through pro ball from a health standpoint last year you were able to play 85 games your first real stint at the triple a level how do you feel going into this year or how do you feel so far this year and what did you learn from last year i feel good so far um just little things here and there during the first month of the year but yeah, I mean, just just learning what what my body needs to do to be healthy for the full season. You know, we started a month late last year, so it's going to be a little longer year this year. Um, so to be able to stay on the field is it's kind of the the number one thing for me this year, and just getting my body ready for each and every each and every game and what I need to do in the training room prior to going out and stuff like that is kind of what I learned throughout the season last year in, in AAA and just kind of the the ins and outs of the season and uh, be able to have two trainers at the triple a level is is big for us um and big for me just to to try to keep my body as healthy as possible um and that's it's kind of always been the number one thing for me is just try to stay in the field and um, get as many at-bats and game games under my belt as possible is there anything you change with the off-season routine once you got that experience of triple a baseball and have you added any weight become more flexible what are things that may be different from a year ago I'm trying to work a lot of stability stuff um my weight's kind of the same and as far as weight training and stuff like that, I've, I've kind of keep it the same regimen, but um, just kind of add in a few stability stuff. I had I had an oblique last year, and that's that's the month that I missed uh, last year. So to be able to just have that core stability, leg stability with with knees and stuff like that is is hopefully going to help me uh, throughout the course of the season. And is there anything in particular that you from a performance standpoint, want to improve upon from a year ago? You had a pretty solid year. You were just shy of an 800 OPS. Yeah, um, just just consistency performance-wise. I mean, I, I last year, I remember, I think I had a pretty good first month, and then the second month was probably one of the worst in my in my pro career. So uh, just to try to find some consistency, um, whether whether that be um, continuing with, with a routine before the game. Uh, I know I have a, a training bat that I like to use that I'm actually bringing on deck with me now. And so um, hopefully that can, it can translate into a little more consistency with just trying to clean up my bat path a little bit, kind of try to get a better angle attacking the ball. And uh, the next thing would be just uh, pitch selection. And my chase rate was a little high last year. Um, and if, if I can improve on that, I think um, other things will fall in place as well. 
How much of the technology helps you with that? You mentioned, you know, keeping an eye on your chase rate. How much feedback do you seek? And, and are you a video guy? Are you an analytics and data guy? What has helped you the most? Uh, I think the charts that they print out after the game with us, as far as each pitch that you see and where that, where that is in the zone, to try to formulate a plan, whether you see them later in the year and stuff like that. Um, like I said before, just to, to be more aggressive prior to two strikes, will help the, help the strikeout rate go down. And I think I'll be able to drive more baseballs just being more aggressive earlier in the count prior to two strikes. So the the each pitch that you see and where that is in the zone and try to replay your at-bats in your mind and as far as like, okay, I could be more aggressive on this pitch earlier in the count and stuff like that is, is kind of what's um, hopefully going to help me uh, more this year. Well, you're off to a pretty good start. You obviously had an historic night and hopefully there are many – Good nights and days ahead for you and the Bulls, and we certainly appreciate some time on this week in race baseball. Thanks so much, Neil. Appreciate it. And that's Ryan Bold, who has just under an 800 OPS this season. Coming up, you'll hear more on Gene Ramirez and Mental Health Awareness Month from Tyler Wall of the Race Clubhouse and Alyssa Zanino on Mother's Day. You're listening to This Week in Race Baseball on the Race Baseball Network. Well, we continue on This Week in Race Baseball, and throughout May, Mental Health Awareness Month, the race are remembering Gene Ramirez and really shining a light on the importance of mental health. So joining us now is Tyler Wall. He's the head of Major League Equipment for the race and Clubhouse Manager. Tyler, we appreciate you joining us this week. Neil, it's, it's my pleasure to be on with you. Looking forward to it. Tell me what it means that the Rays are doing so much this month to A, honor Gene, and really focus attention on mental health, too. For me, I think it means a whole lot. It's really cool that they have uh, the opportunity to actually bring awareness to something that really hasn't been talked about until recently. I think what happened with Gene was was definitely an eye-opener, but it's also an avenue for us to spread awareness and whatnot. And, and to be able to adorn that green ribbon on our uniform for the whole month of May, it's, a, it's huge. It really is huge for the organization. And I think, uh, I hope, that it will spread some awareness amongst other teams. Maybe this will become a thing in the future. Well, since you brought it up, the Angels this week are going to wear the ribbons too. What does that mean to you that another team has already latched onto this when you guys are playing another club? Oh, it means the world. It's, it, it was pretty cool. I, I was reaching out to give heads ups to the other teams on the road just so they, so, so they knew we were going to wear the green ribbon. And uh, former visiting clubhouse manager with the Rays, Guy Gallagher, now heads up equipment and clubhouse over there with the angels. And he said, Hey, why don't we just, why don't we do the same with you? Well, we'd be happy to join you. So I thought that was awesome. And we, we've ran it by the upper, upper echelon of, of both teams and, and the MLB. And it's going to be pretty cool to see both teams wearing, wearing the green ribbon here next week. Really, really classy indeed. You know, our, our fans, Tyler, didn't know Gene on a, on a personal level. You knew him quite well. Tell me what made Gene special. Man. Talk about a guy who was helpful. He was, it, it, it's hard to put it into words how, how much of a good person Gene was. In the clubhouse, there's so much going on and there's so many moving parts. And Gene was always there asking, hey, you guys need help with this. You need help with that. Um, whether it was helping on field or whether, we were, whether it was a late night game and we're, we're in there grinding it out, doing the last few loads of laundry, he was always Hey, you guys need help putting out laundry. You guys need help cleaning shoes. You guys need help doing whatever. Um, he was just, he was all around just so wanting to be involved. And he knew, you know, he, he, he knew both aspects of the game. Like he was there with the coaches and doing his thing, but he also knows, you know, the clubhouse level of, of the grind that it, that it takes to actually have the clubhouse operate. 
And he was always there to just, you know, offer a helping hand. You mentioned, you know, his willingness to help out. Do you have maybe also another good story that might illustrate also his personality? Yeah, he was like him being the bullpen catcher. He always knew what was going to happen that day on the schedule on field. And and uh, there was a there's a couple times where uh, I don't know if, if anyone knows Torian Sands is like our on field guy. So he does all the setting up for BP and bullpens and whatnot. Chop had uh, Chop. We call, we call him Chop. His name's Torian, but we call him Chop. Um, Chop had had been doing something. He had been getting something ready inside the clubhouse, and he totally whiffed on setting up a machine. So he was he was on the up and up, and had to run out to the bullpen to get something ready for the bullpen. And everything was already set. Chop's like, dude, I didn't even have to go. Like, I didn't have to go out there. Gene already did it all. And I'm like, well, that's what he's like. That's just who he was. Like, Chop didn't have to do one thing. He had the, the machines were set up. The balls were there. Everything was ready. And Gene was just sitting back, chilling, just waiting for everything to happen. That's just the type of guy he was. He, you didn't have to ask him to do anything. You didn't have to, you know, he's already, he was already aware of everything and, and just knew how to help and waste without, without us even asking. A lot of people didn't know until later on that he was a really talented artist, too. So when did you find out he was so talented? Well, I mean, everybody talks about the shoes that he's doing for all the players and whatnot. There's one day he came through my office and he just handed me a box of Jordans, Jordan 1s. I said, what's this? And I opened it up and it was like a custom pair of painted Jordans that he painted for me <laughs> with my name on the back, on the back heel. He put, he put my name and he's like, it's just for, it's for you, man. And I'm like, for why? And he's like, just because, and I'm like, you know, for, for him to do that for me without any, like, I didn't ask for that and nothing like that. That's just who he was. And so that's, that's what everybody says. They all talk about the shoes, but I had a couple of times where, he and I sat on, on the plane together and he let me into his world a little bit where, where he showed me his, some of his drawing books. And he had these pencil charcoal drawings of just like intricate things, everything from hip hop artists to like uh, major league baseball players. And I tell you what, the detail on these uh, drawings is unbelievable. He was so talented and he just did it seamlessly. Like he didn't have, there was no effort there. I just, I would sit back and watch him work on some of his sketches when we were in the air uh, to our, on the way to our next destination, and it, it just baffled me how good he was at drawing. It's amazing to hear the stories about him and for you to explain what he was like. I'm guessing it means a lot then that the organization has really been so supportive of everything this month across the board. Oh, 100%. I think, uh, you know, for the race to, to go all in on this is not only awesome, but I think it's super important not only to, to me, be able to be a part of it to help spread the word about it but i think it's important to gene's family as well his mom and dad have been around quite a bit lately and i think it's it's sort of a way for them to heal but also for them to be an advocate to use the avenue of uh, as the organization as an avenue to spread the word whether it's speaking to minor leagues uh kids or just being around some of the guys that gene knew the best the players the staff and for them to just be around and just give them a hug is, is huge. And I don't think that happens without the race supporting all that. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's awesome what they've done and how they've given his family the freedom to be around and, and help out and contribute in certain ways like that. Since you see everything so intimately, Tyler, you're in the clubhouse. How supportive have all the players been? And has this brought players and coaches together in maybe a different way than they would have otherwise? Oh, for sure. I don't think, there's players that knew him better than others, obviously. And then there's obviously these new guys that came in and they've, they've been told about who Gene was, what type of person he was. And, and they're wearing the JR, the JR shirts uh, that we had made and supporting it just, just by word of mouth of what other players are saying and telling them what type of person Gene was. 
but yeah, I feel like it's definitely brought us together in, in a way that only we know how to how to how to cope with it. Snides and and Stan, obviously, a couple of coaches that are really close with Gene. It's going to take some time for them to get over it, you know. And and I think the best way to do it is for us all to be together and and handle it together. You know, we're still getting used to it. There's there's times where we'll say, hey, they got it, Gene's got it, and then you're like, oh man, no, he's not here. It is so sad. But we're all we're all we're all getting over it together, you know. It's great to hear how supportive each of you is in, in one another. And I know the auction's going on until the 18th, and there's some special touches that were done Sunday. How about on the road? What are some of the things that maybe fans may see that touch on Mental Health Awareness Month that the Rays are doing? Well, uh, like I said, adorning that ribbon is huge. The green ribbon on on the left chest of the jersey. I don't think there's been a day where not five to ten people ask me, "What's that green ribbon all about?" You know. Because obviously we're here in Seattle now and the Mariners aren't wearing it, but we're wearing it. And uh, there, there's been quite a few questions. Hey, what's going on with the green ribbon? And, and it gives us an opportunity to, um, to explain it and maybe start getting the wheels turning in someone's head about, oh, yeah, maybe that should be a thing. You know, maybe, maybe mental health awareness shouldn't be so in the background. It's got to start coming, coming forward and, and, and people need to know about certain things, you know, mental health comes in all different forms, whether it's, you know, just depression or, or anxiety or, or whatever, like Gene's parents have those, those wristbands that, you know, suffering in silence is not okay. So, so we need to bring, you know, whether it's this ribbon or this auction, whatever it may be, uh, it's important to have this brought to the forefront and, and talked about not, not so uh, taboo anymore. Well said. And this whole month wraps up with the race being in Texas, which was Gene's home state. What do you think it means to him? and the family and the organization to wrap this all up there. Pretty cool how that schedule worked out, huh? I mean, uh, what more could you ask for, for not only his parents, but I think a lot of his family members are going to be there and they'll be there. And I think, I, I believe the Rangers are going to do something with the Rays in partnership to honor a couple of charities or a charity that Gene supported. And it, like, what more could you want? I think it's going to be really nice to see the month commemorate with uh, not only his home state, but also just in his honor, both teams kind of just, like we said, bringing that mental health awareness into the forefront. Pretty neat. Indeed it is. And I really appreciate Tyler, you being so open and willing to share. And we hope this is a a terrific month to raise awareness. And we appreciate all you're doing behind the scenes. No doubt. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I'm always happy to help, especially with something like this. It just needs to be made aware of. I think it's important. And that's Tyler Wall, and really appreciate the strong support from the Rays family during this Mental Health Awareness Month. And auction continues through May 18th. If you would like to participate, you can look at the items at RaysBaseball.com slash auctions. This, of course, is Mother's Day. Alyssa Zanino is a mom of two, and she'll be married for 10 years to her college sweetheart, Mike, this fall. And Alyssa, thanks for being with us, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Tell me what Mother's Day means to you when you think of it, and what do you remember as a kid on Mother's Day? Um, as a kid, we always woke up and brought my mom breakfast and flowers and just kind of had the day with her. We'd go shopping, have a girl's day, and um, just always special. My grandma would come over and just have the day, all the girls, all the moms. So that was special. So now being a mom, it's even more special that I can celebrate that with her and I can have it with my kids. And 
my family and my sisters who were all moms together. It's, it is really special. So is it a pretty large family? How many other sisters? I have two sisters. Yeah, and we have six kids between all of us. So it's it's crazy, but it's amazing. It's so much fun. All the kids are close in age. So we always lean on each other for advice and um, support. So that that's really, really good to have. You know, I was going to ask about being, you know, a, a baseball wife and a baseball mom. But in essence, you've already got a, a really good uh, group of sounding boards, too. Yeah, it is. And especially in this lifestyle, it's great to have them to lean on. Um, on road trips, there are times a lot when I'm alone, I have them for just that support and the extra help and um, just to all be together, even even the craziness of all this. But it is good. So do you see yourself now in your mom at times being a young mom yourself? Yes, I do. I, <laughs> I always joked her about that, telling her, okay, I karma's coming back to me for things as I was a kid, but no, it, I do, I do try to raise my kids a lot the way she raised us and with the same values and morals that she gave us. Um, so I try to always follow those and raising our kids because, um, she's a great example. So what are the things that stand out when, about your mom, um, the qualities that you really love as a parent? Uh, she's always supportive. She calls me every day just to check in to make sure that I'm okay, that, um, things are going okay. Um, always been a shoulder lean on, a, a, She's a big hugger, so every time, you know, whenever I need her, she just knows to give me a big hug. But um, she's great. She's awesome. She's the best the best mom in the world. She is, like, she truly is. Now, your ch- two children, Rhett and Paisley, are still very young. Yeah. I'm guessing they don't quite have the full concept of Mother's Day yet. No, um, not yet. They, they're both so sweet, and they're, they're just our, our babies. But um, they are. They, they know, and they... They're very cuddly and insensitive, and but not yet. <laughs> I'm guessing, yes, there will be a point where they're old enough to make the gift that mom puts on the fridge or something like that. Do you remember ever, like, things that you created for mom when you were at a young age? Uh, yeah, always. Always made um, crafts at school and gifts, and especially on Mother's Day. And she always put them in the fridge, always hung them up to see. So we do the same with our kids when they, they bring us, even in childcare, and they make us a, a picture or a gift. We always hang on the fridge. We always um, put it up to make sure they can see it. And they always love that because they'll run by and be like, oh, I made that. I made that for you. And it, it is, we love to have that. And they like to see it. Alyssa Zanino with us on This Week in Race Baseball, and it was last year that Mike was the team MVP and had the best year of his career, and he gave a lot of credit to you and all that you're balancing and making it easier for him to come to the ballpark every day. What does that mean to you? Um, everything. I mean, he's he's our rock in our family, and so um, to do that for him and be there on this side of it, it it's everything to us. Like, we we love to support him. We love to cheer him on. We love to be like his cheerleaders and um, all that he does for our family. We love to do that back for him. Like We love coming. Our kids love it. They love cheering on daddy. And um, it really is special to see it now through their eyes because they love it so much. Well, you call him the rock, but he says you do all the really hard work. <laughs> you know, it's a team effort. It, this is not an easy lifestyle by any means. And there are so many ups and downs and alone time and, um, especially with kids now and, and, and balance and all that, like it truly is a team effort and there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes and what he does in the field that it just like, we couldn't do it without each other. So tell me right now, the team is on the road, um, on the West coast. What is a normal road trip like for you and how do you balance? Because you got to play zone defense. It's one on two a lot of the time. 
Yes, <laughs> that it is. Now, um, I don't travel as much as I used to with the two little ones. We just kind of stay home. Um, we're truly blessed to be with Tampa because we're so close to home. So normally um, I just go home, especially these long road trips, and I have my family there and um, my support system there that can help um, through a long tri- road trip like that. Um, so, yeah, we just we hang tight at home, and we live on a farm, so we just kind of keep busy there until, until Mike gets back. So I guess lots of space? Yes, lots of space, lots of room. Uh, we have a bunch of property, so it's, it's fun. We, we like to go back, and, and the kids love it. I would assume, too, the, the support of some of the other race wives is beneficial at times also? Amazing. I mean, I, we have an amazing group with the race. Like I, every one of these like, wives and um, moms and are, are amazing. We all lean on each other, and um, if I do stay back on road trip, we always get together. We do play dates. We have a group chat that we do, and everyone is so supportive. And if you need anything, like, they're there, and it, this truly is a special group. Just like on the field, I guess, too. And, yeah. and, and very, I would assume, very tight-knit and very understanding of one another. Yes, very. Uh, we're all in this together. We're all, we all can relate, so we know what it's like. And so when someone needs somebody, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a family. It's, it's a family away from family that, like, we are truly, truly blessed to have. You're very young, and you've got a young family, but this will be, what, 10 years you guys are married this fall? Is that right? Yeah, 10 years in October. Tell me what it means to have such a strong union and to see the success that Mike has had here in Tampa Bay. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, we, we were in Seattle for so long, and but coming, coming home and coming back here, it's a, a dream. And we hope to be here as long as possible. He loves the guys here. He loves the staff. He like he can't like we can't speak highly enough about how great this organization is. And just from from front office to players to media to everybody, it's in the wives and families. Like it, it's truly truly a blessing being here. Well, I know as the team is playing on the road in Seattle, what makes a good Mother's Day to you with your kids as young as they are? Will it just be hanging around with your mom and your sisters? Yeah, we'll have the whole crew together and just being there with them, having the day with them, just to to cuddle with them, play with them, and just just have the whole day with just them. Well, hopefully you have a great day, and maybe Mike hits a home run or two as well, uh, and you'll get to see him within a few days. Yes, that would be amazing. (laughs) Alyssa Zanino joining us on This this Week in Race Baseball. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. That's Alyssa Zanino, and we certainly thank her and all of our guests on the show today, including pitcher Drew Rasmussen, who was so terrific on the mound yesterday, Xavier Scruggs of Bally Sports Sun and MLB Network, Rays minor leaguer Ryan Bolt, as well as Tyler Wall from the Rays Clubhouse and head of equipment, too. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. And, of course, want to wish a special Mother's Day to my wife, Sarah, and also my mom and uh, to all the moms out there. Hope this is a great day for you. Next week on the program, we'll have Ryan Thompson and a whole lot more. Coming up, the Rays are trying to sweep the Seattle Mariners in a four-game series, something they haven't done, and they're trying to keep a perfect road trip growing. I'm Neil Solons from my producer, Derek DuBose. Stay tuned for the pregame show, Rays in Seattle, next on the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted to the air, way up there, in the right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the wall. Gone! And the Rays jump in front four to one. If you missed any of the show, catch it on archive at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. <laughs>